This morning, God's word comes to us from the Gospel of John, John chapter 1. We're going to be reading the first 13 verses of this chapter and focusing today on verses 10 through 13. John chapter 1, beginning at verse 1, we hear now is God's Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness, to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name. He gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. Well, we have come to the fourth Sunday of Advent, the fourth time we are looking at John chapter 1 under the theme, Jesus Christ, the light of the world. We have seen that John highlights for us the fact that Jesus is true God. He was with God in the beginning. He is eternal God, and He is powerful Creator God. Through Him, all things were created. John tells us that there was a witness that was sent to the light, John the Baptist. John who would say, I'm not the light. I'm here to bear witness to the light. I'm a voice calling in the wilderness. He is the Word, John pointing away from himself and John's testimony about the light, that he is true God and that he is so great and so powerful, he ranks far ahead of me, John says, and he gives us grace upon grace. Jesus Christ came to reveal the glorious grace of God and to work out the perfect plan of salvation. All of this we have talked about in John chapter 1. And now we come to these few verses, verses 10 through 13. What does all this truth have to do with us? What do we do with what we've heard for the last several weeks together? This morning we talk about uh, not so much the light objectively, but our reception of that light. The truth that we have seen, the truth revealed to us in John chapter 1, calls forth a response from us. 
calls us to respond to God and to receive this glorious revelation. We will see how in John's time, how in Jesus' time, uh, people responded to the coming of the light and how we have those same responses today. Jesus calls forth a response that we might receive the light of the world. John says in verse 10, He, that is Jesus, he was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He was in the world, the world made through him, yet the world did not know him. This is the third time we have seen the Apostle John highlighting the eternality and the power of Jesus Christ. Back in verse 3, we read, All things were made through him. Without him was not anything that was made. His power to create. We saw in verse 15 where it says, John bore witness about him and cried out, This is he of whom I said, He comes, he comes after me, ranks before me, because he was before me. The eternality and the power of Jesus Christ. And now once again this morning, all things made through him. He made everything. And yet the world did not recognize him. John highlights how incredible that is. The one through whom everything has been made. The one who is the light of the world. The one who is eternal God came into the world. And yet the world did not know him. Did not recognize Jesus Christ is God. And how we see that same truth today. Around Christmas time, the, uh, all, the, all the trappings of Christmas call out. Something is happening, something special. Even, even uh, uh, public choirs will sing Christian songs about Jesus Christ and yet fail to, to recognize the significance of what they are singing. He came to the world. And yet the world did not know him, although the world was made through him. Those who did not receive him. And then, and then even more striking, John says in verse 11, he came to his own. And his own people did not receive him. He came to his own. John becomes more personal now. Not just the world in general, through which he created all things, he came to his own. His own people, Israel. Those who were God's chosen. All the way back in the Old Testament, we read how God came to Abraham and chose him out of Ur of the Chaldees, out of all the people, not because Abraham was so great, but because God simply chose to shed his love upon him. And through him and his descendants, the people of Israel, that special chosen people of God. The ones who had who had the expectation that there would be one to come. There would be a Messiah. There would be God's anointed one. The one who was foreshadowed in all of the Old Testament ceremonies and sacrifices. The sacrifices as a picture of the washing away of sins. We know that the blood of goats and bulls could never take away any sin, but it was a picture a picture of the one to come, a picture of the one they were looking for, the true Lamb of God. The Old Testament prophets foretold the coming 
of the Messiah. The one who would be the redeemer of his people. All of this truth, all they knew, they had all the benefits. And yet he came to his own and his own people did not receive him. All the benefits, all the blessings. And yet when Jesus Christ was right there before them, they failed to recognize him. The, the, the sting that must have been. We can understand the world not recognizing him, but he came to his own. When, I, when the kids were younger, and uh, I used to have to go away to travel like for classes or for synod or for various things. Um, oftentimes, if I've been gone for a few days, maybe a week or so, uh, when I came home, uh, the kids uh, would have made big signs. You know, welcome home, Dad. We missed you, Dad. Glad to have you back, Dad. Did you bring us anything, Dad? You know, those kind of signs. And, and it was a wonderful thing to walk into the house and to see those signs up. Oh, they, they, they want me to be here. They, they want me here. They want me to be part of the family. Jesus came to his own. He'd been revealed through the prophets. He'd been revealed through the sacrifices. He'd been revealed through the ceremonies. And there were no signs. No one welcoming him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. We might... We might not be surprised that the world wouldn't understand, that the world wouldn't receive him, but what a shock that his own people would not receive him. We're not surprised when the world misses the significance of Christmas, but how much worse when the church misses its significance. When we spend so much time preparing uh, for the celebration of Christmas with all the trivialities. And we fail to, to truly appreciate what was going on, God sending His Son into the world. We get so busy this time of year, so many things to do, so many preparations, so many parties, all of those things. But have we truly prepared to recognize Jesus Christ, the light of the world, was sent by God that we might receive Him by faith? I say it doesn't surprise us when the world doesn't get it. We should be terribly alarmed when the church misses the glory of Jesus Christ, the glory of who He is and what He came to do and His ongoing work in His people. As you know, this year, uh, Christmas falls on the Lord's Day. Uh, next Sunday, kids, we're going to meet together uh, just like we do every Lord's Day. And you'd be surprised how much discussion is spent on church discussion groups on the internet as to whether or not we should hold worship services next Lord's Day. You'd be shocked at how many churches argue, it's Christmas, of course we're not going to have church. Christmas is a family time. Christmas is for us to be together as families. Of course we're going to cancel church on the Lord's Day. You'd be shocked. You'd be shocked at the argumentation that, that even though God Himself calls us to worship every single Lord's Day, we somehow make an exception because Jesus came! <laughs> it's a shock when the church misses Christmas. 
When the church changes its regular practice of worship on the Lord's Day to somehow accommodate some lesser celebrations, what have we done to prepare for the coming of Jesus Christ? We have spent a number of weeks now looking at John chapter 1. I know some of you have the practice of, of reading Advent texts in your home to remind your children this is the one who is promised of God. This is the one who is revealed in the Old Testament. Yes, we're celebrating the coming of Jesus. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. That was one way of recognizing the light, refusing to receive. But, John says, verse 12, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. There were those who did receive him what does it mean to receive jesus christ in this way to those who received him to those who believed who believed in his name we embrace jesus christ by faith we embrace jesus christ by hearing who he is and what he has done and saying yes i do believe that our catechism reminds us that faith is built on really two things. There's a knowledge, a knowledge of who Jesus Christ is and what he did, but there's also that, that assurance that he did this for me. Not simply an objective understanding of what took place, but this was on my behalf. He would leave the glories of heaven. He would come down to earth. This eternal God, this powerful, creative God would come down to earth for me, that I might be in fellowship with him. To those who received him, to those who believed on his name, the reception of Jesus Christ at Christmas time by faith, by faith in who he is and what he has done. To those who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Now, there are those who uh, grasp on to that word right. We have the right to be children of God. I would suggest that's a misplaced emphasis. He gave that right. That right was not intrinsic in us, that I had some right to claim Jesus Christ. No, I was given this. Given this privilege, this right, as a gift from God. Not something merited. Not something earned. But, but those who believed in Him, given that gift of faith, even the faith by which we embrace Jesus Christ, is a gift God has given to us. Oh, to Him belongs all the praise and the honor and the glory at Christmas time when we recognize Jesus Christ come down to earth and by faith embrace Him as our own Lord and Savior, it is because God's been at work in us. He gave us this right. He gave us this privilege to be called children of God. It is because of who He is, not because of who we are, that we are now named as God's children. What is it to become a child of God? It is by faith to embrace Jesus Christ and to know, 
to know that as now a child of God, all of my sins have been forgiven. We sometimes refer to that as justification. Jesus comes and and he perfectly forgives all of my sins. I am declared to be not guilty before God. Even though I know I am guilty. Even though I know my sins have broken the relationship with God. He is a holy God. I'm a fallen sinful man. But because of Jesus Christ... I am now named as a child of God because He came. And I am now declared to be not guilty of all my sins. Jesus took that punishment. He came and He did everything necessary to secure my salvation. Not only, not only taking away all of my sins, as wonderful as that is, but Jesus Christ came and perfectly fulfilled all the law. And that, too, is credited to my account. God sees me not only as if I'd never sinned, He sees me as if I had been as perfectly obedient as His Son, Jesus Christ. He sees me in Christ and sees righteousness. Where there is fallenness, where there is sinfulness, Christ washes all of that away and all of his obedience credited to me. The beautiful work of Jesus Christ that we might be called children, children of God, our sins gone, Christ's righteousness given, justified by the light of the world. And then as children of God, called to live like it. Called to live like one who is a son, a daughter of God. Called now to act more and more like that Jesus Christ who saved me. Called to live according to his law. Yes, God sees me as perfectly righteous. Now I want to live into that. I want to live in a way that is pleasing to him, keeping his law. That takes place throughout our lives. It's an ongoing process. That's what John talked about. We read that earlier in John chapter 3 of the the letter. He says, See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. He says, The reason the world does not know us is because it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him. We shall see Him as He is. And everyone who thus hopes in Him purifies Himself as He is pure. Because God has been at work in us, we want to live in a way that is pleasing to Him. We live in pure ways. We follow the law of God. We live in ways that reflect The glory of our Father. That's John's point in 1 John chapter 3. We will look like our Father. That happens in our life too. Children, as you get older, you will tend, whether you like it or not, you'll tend to look like your parents. And maybe sometimes someone will see you and they'll say, oh, I can see your dad in you. Oh, I can see your mom in you. You look like your parents. We are children of God called to walk in the ways of holiness, called to walk in the ways of righteousness, called to look 
like Jesus Christ, the light of the world who came to secure our salvation for us. We have become children. But to those who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. John concludes this section saying, this was God's work. This being born as a child of God was not something that was done by blood, was not done by the will of the flesh, was not done by the will of man, but was done of God. We take no credit to ourselves that we are now children of God. We take no credit in any decision we may have made for Christ. God gets all the glory. God gets all the praise. He is the one who has done the work, born not of anything we could offer, but born of God. Since the work is His, the glory is also His. Now kids, if you look at the outline in the bulletin this morning, you'll see that there are only two points listed there. You know, if you've been around for a while, you know most of my sermons have three points. But this one has two, and that's on purpose. Because these are the only two responses to Jesus Christ. Either we receive Him by faith and know the glory of being a child of God, or we do not receive Him. There's no third point. There's no third way. There's no having a casual recognition of who He is or who He might be, but, but failing to, to fully live for the glory of God. No, we receive Him or we do not. And that is the call of the gospel today. Receive Jesus Christ. Put your faith wholly and completely in Him. Receive the glories of being a son, of being a daughter of God. Because the only other option is to not receive Him. To say, no, I want nothing to do with Jesus Christ. And, and face not an eternity of joy with our Father in heaven, but face an eternity away from Him. The reception of the light. There were two responses when Jesus came. There are two responses John lists for us. And today, there are still two responses. We receive Jesus Christ by faith. We know the joy of being a son or a daughter, or we do not. God calls you today. He calls you to embrace this light of the world by faith. Be not like those who did not receive Him, who did not know who He was, although He made them, but rather embrace Him. Look for salvation in His name alone and know the joy, the joy of being a son, a daughter, a child of God our Father in heaven. Let's join together in prayer. Lord our God, we thank you for the revelation 
of your Son, Jesus Christ, the light of the world. We recognize, O God, that light still shines, still shines in a dark world. There is so much darkness around us. And yet, Lord God, you have enlightened our hearts that we might know who he is and receive him by faith. O continue, O God, to reveal Jesus Christ this morning by the power of your Spirit. If there are those who are dark in heart here, open those dark hearts, shine the light of your love upon them that many may receive and many may rejoice and many may know the joy of salvation. This is our prayer, O God, and in doing so, that you would bring glory to yourself. Accept our praise, for we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to turn to number 303 in the Trinity Psalter. Number 303.